Hello, and welcome, dear listeners. I'm Ray, and this is the Ray Review Podcast, where I explore the dark side of human nature, uncover the truth behind twisted tales, and take a mind-bending journey through stories that are sure to leave you with your mind blown. Since it's October, and Halloween is my most favorite holiday, I'm sharing some of the most disturbing stories that I have found I mean, I'm not talking about ghost stories. I'm talking about real true crime stories that have affected Halloween forever. Now, before we jump into today's story, if you'd like to support the channel, please be sure to hit that like button and subscribe because it helps this channel tremendously. Also, if you'd like to support the channel more, consider subscribing to my Patreon. So today we're going to talk about really disturbing story. There are a ton of anxieties around Halloween. The nature of the holiday is solemn and spooky, but it's also a ton of fun. For whatever reason, we have a really good time being scared. It elicits a lot of laughter. And whether that's, you know, us trying to minimize our fear, whatever. I don't know. But one of the biggest fears revolves around, like, really the main festivity of the actual holiday, which is trick-or-treating. There's the urban legend that depraved strangers are targeting children with poisoned Halloween candy. However, that's more fiction than fact. In fact, University of Delaware professor Joel Best said that he has yet to find a case which a stranger deliberately poisoned trick-or-treaters. It's actually like a contemporary legend that speaks to our anxiety about our kids. And if you think about it, The act of trick-or-treating actually kind of goes against a lot of the safety values that we teach our children, primarily stranger danger. Because here's the thing, I don't believe that the real monsters are ghosts and goblins. I believe that what we have to fear most are the unfeeling criminals who look like everyday people and you'd never suspect as being dangerous. The real monsters are people. Today's story is about Ronald O'Brien, who was an American man, lived in Texas, who decided to use this myth to his advantage and committed a cruel, disgusting crime with depraved indifference. Ronald O'Brien is referred to as the Candyman or the man who killed Halloween. So let's dive in. On Halloween in 1974, Ronald O'Brien took his children, Timothy, 8 years old, and Elizabeth, 6 years old, trick-or-treating in Pasadena, Texas. He went with another parent and uh, two other children. Upon visiting a particular house while they were trick-or-treating, they came upon a home and seemed like nobody was home, so the kids decided to move on to the next house. But Ronald O'Brien decided to stay behind just in case somebody answered the door and there was more candy to be had. Once he caught up with the rest of the group, Ronald O'Brien said, Whoa, look what I've got. And he was holding five pixie sticks. According to him, the homeowner was just taking their time to get to the door. So he gave each of the children, five total, a pixie stick. But then it began to rain and it cut their trick-or-treating short. So the group headed back home. Before bed, his son Timothy 
asked to eat some of the candy he collected, and according to Ronald O'Brien, he chose the pixie sticks. Timothy had trouble getting the powdered candy out of the straw, so Ronald O'Brien decided to help him, decided to loosen the powder for him. After tasting the candy, Timothy complained that it tasted bitter, so Ronald O'Brien gave his son some Kool-Aid to wash away the taste. But Timothy almost immediately began to complain that his stomach hurt, and he ran to the bathroom, where he began to vomit and convulse uncontrollably. Ronald O'Brien tried to help his son Timothy while he was throwing up, um, but he claimed that his child went limp in his arms, and when the paramedics got there, they did everything they could, but Timothy O'Brien died en route to the hospital less than an hour after consuming the pixie stick. Timothy's death from the Halloween candy caused absolute panic in the community. I mean, this totally exploited one of people's biggest fears when it comes to trick-or-treating. So a ton of parents in Deer Park, Texas and the surrounding area turned in all of their candy that they got from trick-or-treating to the police, fearing that it was laced with poison. The police initially didn't suspect anybody of any wrongdoing. They really thought that it, this was just an urban legend that had unfortunately come true. During Timothy's autopsy, the coroner reported that he smelled almonds, which is a surefire way to tell that somebody has been poisoned with cyanide. And a pathology report revealed that Timothy's little eight-year-old body had enough potassium cyanide in his system to kill two adults. But how did it get into Timothy's system? The parents notified the authorities that the last thing he had eaten was the pixie sticks, so that's the first place they looked, and it turned out that all five of the pixie sticks had been opened, with the top two inches refilled with the cyanide powder and resealed with a staple. Luckily, none of the other children consumed the pixie sticks, and they were spared the terrible fate that Timothy received. During the days following Halloween, Ronald O'Brien gave conflicting stories as to the origin of the pixie sticks. Ronald O'Brien originally said that he couldn't remember which house he got the pixie sticks from. They walked the neighborhood three times, and he just couldn't seem to remember. But police were definitely suspicious because O'Brien and his neighbor had only taken their children to two homes on Halloween night because it had started raining and they had to cut their trick-or-treating trip short. After a while, O'Brien led them to a house where no one had answered the door. He said that this was the house he got the pixie sticks from. He said that the owner of the home did not turn the lights on, but he did crack the door open and hand him five pixie sticks. He claimed to have only seen the man's arm, which he described as hairy. But it turns out that the home was owned by a man named Courtney Melvin, and he wasn't even home Halloween night. Courtney Melvin was an air traffic controller at the airport, and he didn't get home until work until 11 p.m. on Halloween night. And police ruled out Melvin as a suspect when over 200 people confirmed that he had indeed been at work. 
As the police's investigation progressed, they discovered that Ronald O'Brien had a history of being unable to hold a job and was over $100,000 in debt. In the 10 years preceding the crime, Ronald O'Brien had held 21 jobs, and at the time of his arrest, he was suspected of theft at his job at Texas State Optical and was close to being fired. His car was about to be repossessed, he had defaulted on several bank loans, and the family home was about to be foreclosed on. The police also discovered that Ronald O'Brien had taken out life insurance policies on his children in just months preceding Timothy's death. In 1974, he had taken out a $10,000 life insurance policy on both children. One month before Timothy's death, he took out an additional $20,000 policy on both of his children. And then just days before his death, he had taken out another $20,000 policy on each child. So the various policies totaled around $60,000, now with inflation that equates to about $356,000 now. The police also learned that on the morning after Timothy's death, Ronald O'Brien had called his insurance company to inquire about collecting the policies he had taken out on his son. The police also discovered that Ronald O'Brien visited a chemical supply store to inquire about the purchasing of cyanide, but he didn't wind up purchasing anything because the store's policy was that you had to buy a minimum of five pounds, so he walked out empty-handed. Police began to suspect that Ronald O'Brien had laced the candies with poison in an effort to kill his children to collect on the life insurance policies. And the reason he put poison in the other pixie sticks was to exploit the urban legend that there was a depraved stranger out there killing children indiscriminately. The police repeatedly questioned Ronald O'Brien, but he always maintained his innocence. And they never discovered when or where Ronald O'Brien actually purchased the cyanide, but he was arrested for Timothy's murder on November 5th, 1974. So just five days after Halloween. He was indicted on one count of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder by handing out those other contaminated pixie sticks. O'Brien entered a plea of not guilty to all five counts. However, his trial unearthed more disturbing and damning evidence, such as A chemist who was acquainted with Ronald O'Brien testified that in the summer of 1973, O'Brien contacted him asking about cyanide and how much would be fatal. Another instance was a chemical supply salesman testified that he asked him how to purchase cyanide. Friends and co-workers testified that in the months prior to Timothy's death, Ronald O'Brien showed like an unusual interest in cyanide and spoke about how much it would take to kill a person. And Ronald O'Brien's sister-in-law testified that on the day of Timothy's funeral, he spoke about using the life insurance money and how he was going to take a long vacation and what kind of things he was going to buy. Ronald O'Brien continued to maintain his innocence, and his defense mainly drew upon the decades-old urban legend concerning a mad poisoner who hands out candy laced with poison, needles, or candy apples with razor blades inside of it. 
Um, but these stories persist despite the fact that there are no documented instances of strangers poisoning Halloween candy. The case and the subsequent trial were a shit show. It garnered national attention, and the press dubbed Ronald O'Brien the Candyman or the man who killed Halloween because it changed it forever. On June 3rd, 1975, Ronald O'Brien was found guilty of his son Timothy O'Brien's death, as well as four counts of attempted murder, and he was sentenced to death. Not long after he was convicted, his wife divorced him and remarried and went on to have another daughter. While on death row, Ronald O'Brien was despised by his fellow inmates, who condemned him for killing his own child. Ronald O'Brien decided to take his child's life into his own hands because he wasn't able to function as an adult, so he showed depraved indifference to his child's life and used him as a pawn to help him solve his own selfish issues. March 31st, 1984, just after midnight, after spending nine years on death row, Ronald O'Brien was executed by lethal injection. Before his execution, he continued to insist that he was innocent of any wrongdoing. And a crowd of demonstrators gathered outside as he died, some even mockingly shouting, trick or treat. Thanks for tuning into this week's story. If you'd enjoyed the show, please don't be a stranger. Hit the subscribe button, and if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a review. It's like my own version of a true crime confession, and consider joining my Patreon. And if you have a case you'd like me to cover, slide into my DMs or email me at rayreview2 at gmail.com. And be sure to follow my journey on Instagram or TikTok. I love hearing from you and I love your ideas. So please be sure to be in touch. Until our next rendezvous in the world of crime, stay curious and stay safe. Remember, it's a dangerous world out there. Humans are gross, but you're not. Uh, knowledge is power and I've got your back. Keep your doors locked, keep your headphones on, and be good. Goodbye for now.